record. <laughs> okay, so welcome to whatever time o'clock it is. We are the Uncultured Saints. I'm Pastor Goodman, and joining me is Pastor Leapsow, and we're talking about sinners today, so this will be super upbeat. Um, so we talked last time about original sin and what happens when you start out with the wrong idea. Put it to the extreme today. Tell me, tell me how far off kilter it can be if, if original sin is not just a corruption of your flesh. What if it's nothing? What if it's everything? Talk to me about this. Well, and this is where the Book of Concord or the formula of Concord gets to. And I, I know we don't want to get bogged down with all that stuff, but I mean, that's what we're, we're following <laughs> along with. So. The stuff uh, the, we promise to exactly, maintain and defend. Exactly. Well, with this, with the specific stuff, right? Um, <laughs> with the names and the phrases and all that. Um, but no, this this is the the line of, of reasoning that that the reformers are taking here in this. So uh, we finally get to uh, the point where hey, we've got to condemn things. And we're not condemning them for just uh, the sake of running around and being able to, to point and say you're wrong. Uh, you're going to hell. That's why I um, do it. Well, fair, fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you, you must have a very thankful congregation. <laughs> uh, but no, so uh, it, it would seem as if the reformers are only speaking of, of, of two specific uh, individuals or thought processes. It's basically two sides of the same coin, this, this whole understanding or misunderstanding of original sin. You're going to end up uh, at the same place. That's the coin. Uh, you no longer have a need for Jesus. And that might be oversimplifying it, but I don't think it is. Uh, no, it's not. Luther had a quote uh, somewhere that I probably should have looked up before we did this. But essentially, when you make your sin small, you make Jesus small. When you're saying that Jesus doesn't need to redeem it, you're, you're saying that there is no real issue. There's no real point or God isn't all that impressive. Yeah. And and with the original sin, when, when, you, when you've screwed it up, and that's our uh, corrupted uh, natural inclination to do anyways— uh, but when we screw it up, we're going to end up in, in one of two places. Again, these are the opposite sides of that one coin. That is the no Jesus coin. And <laughs> it's a terrible coin. <laughs> it is a horrible coin. But uh, the one side of the coin is uh, the works righteousness side of the coin. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it, we don't need Jesus because we can do it ourselves. And again, that's the that's the complete end of the spectrum where we'll get there and there's there's uh, something along the entirety of this spectrum where maybe i need jesus a little bit maybe i need him a lot but i still do something or maybe i don't need him at all but inevitably this whole misunderstanding on that side of the coin is i don't need jesus the other side when you flip that around the the other no no jesus coin is i don't need jesus because this flesh this world this creation that i'm in it's all evil it's all pointless and god doesn't care about it so why should i right so what you're saying then when it comes to original sin is that on one side of the coin you've got the notion that we have guilt from adam's sin but no real corruption there's nothing wrong with us that would prevent us from fulfilling the law a guilt, right. a guilt by like when you do a podcast with me um and the other side of the coin is when we have 
corruption but no guilt when this world's all fallen apart anyway and, and we're a part of that but there's nothing necessarily wrong with our soul so as soon as our soul goes to heaven everything will be fine but in either case the, this situation just sort of needs to play it out while God at, at best cheers us on um in either case you're right Jesus just doesn't have much of a, a a job here other than saying you know great job team um and and in these things well we condemn and reject them that that's how our confessions talk uh, about these approaches we condemn and reject these ideas because there actually is a wrong way to think we have this this concept that there's no such thing as a stupid question and well you have kids, Pastor Lito. I have kids. That's just not true. There is such a thing as a stupid question. They have so they do. many do. And here's the thing. Um, you can't get to the right answer without the right start. If you start with bad presuppositions, bad assumptions, you will never actually get to the right answer in a way that matters. They made us do this when we had to show our work in math class, and I never knew what I was doing, and occasionally I'd still stumble across the right answer, and it was by nothing but the grace of God, and they would still take away points because I couldn't show how I got there, I, or I did it wrong. But here's the thing. With theology, you keep building with reality these things are connected and so if you have bad assumptions about how you work about how reality works that's going to change how you see where god is helping that's going to change how you see where you fit in society we condemn and reject the ideas that you have no corruption in your flesh but only guilt and also that you have no guilt but but only corruption we have to Start with a right understanding of who we are. If we're ever going to actually see what our God is doing to help us, what it is that is good and virtuous and beautiful in this world, we condemn and reject the things that would twist our views in on themselves so that we could never actually see a right answer. And one of the chief things then that our confessions would, would start to talk about is the nature that well, isn't corrupt, that original sin is only guilt. We kind of talked about this uh, in regards to that image of God stuff, um, that uh, we can't, again, get to this proper understanding of the image of God or our need for it or our loss of it or any of that sort of stuff uh, without this uh, proper understanding of original sin. And so uh, the, the, the one side of the no Jesus coin that we're, we're going to go first is this, this works righteousness. It's that I can, I can get myself to heaven. Uh, from again, from a Christian perspective, that's they will will be able to call it heaven. Uh, but from your atheist friend's uh, perspective, maybe he won't call it heaven, but he'll call it something else, or he'll just say, "Hey, at the end of the day, when I die, I was a good person, and that's all I can hope for." You hear that a lot, yeah. So here's the problem, though. Um, when we when we actually play this thing out, it it gives everyone the idea that. The major hindrance to Christianity is that we just want to make people feel bad all the time. We just want to talk about sin to give everybody self-esteem problems. We want to make sure that people feel guilty about their bodies. And if we would just stop talking about sin so much, people would have less problem with Christianity. But here's, here's the rub. Um, that, that only works if you actually— That is person's terminology. Nobody I'm an knows old what person. <laughs> here is the problem. There you go. That only works 
if you don't think there's anything wrong. What happens to people who already do? People who are struggling with self-esteem, people who are, are struggling with shame, people who are struggling with the genuine heartfelt knowledge that I am not good enough. See, if you know that there is something from you and everybody insists on saying, no, there's not, you're special, everything's great, you can't find the diagnosis. That's like going to the doctor, having symptoms and being told over and over again, there's nothing wrong with you. That's maddening. Well, this is the whole, the whole issue. If, if we're actually uh, truthful to ourselves and honest with ourselves, and we never are, but if we actually were, the, the problem is we all understand at the end of the day uh, in our hearts of hearts that we can't, I think, or, or most of us can get to that point, right? Uh, but we're still going to smile. We're still going to uh, pretend uh, that we can uh, do good. We're still going to uh, tell our neighbors that they have to be better. Uh, we'll still try and be better. And yet when we lay our heads on the pillow, uh, we'll really be able to, if we're again, if we're truthful uh, with ourselves, uh, I know that I screwed things up. I know that I right. didn't do it. There's this chasm between where I am and where I want to be. And how to get across that has become the, the topic of so many health, self-help books, um, bad, awful Christianity. And the problem is then when we talk about sin, the world would say, you're trying to prevent me from getting from where I am to where I want to be. The truth is, sin is actually the vocabulary to explain why you can't. We're not giving you these words so that you would feel worse, but we're trying to explain the problem. This is the diagnosis to the disease. The, the concept of, of sin, the vocabulary of sin, is to help explain this thing that all of us feel that we did not get to where we wanted to be today. And here's the thing, if you've already felt that and you're just grasping for the words and everything else in your life from the outside is telling you, no, there's nothing wrong, you just need to try harder. Well, to fail over and over again while being told there's nothing wrong with you, I guess you're just not trying hard enough. That's every bit as awful as telling somebody with a real medical condition like, hey, you know, just stop having cancer. You're not trying hard enough. When we talk about sin, as, a, as, as somebody who finds peace in Christ, it's actually a freeing thing. Because here I am, I'm given nothing other than an explanation of why the world looks the way it is and what my God is saving me from. This is not mine to fix. This is the thing that Jesus bore on the cross. Yeah, it, it has to be. It's, it's, it's trying to convince itself there is no problem and then ignore it the entire time as we're sure and, and we know without a shadow of a doubt that there is a problem. Right. So the first side of the no Jesus coin is pretending that even though you feel guilty sometimes, you feel like there's something wrong, there's not. But that's just, again, not reality. Go to anybody with PTSD. The, the idea that what has been seen, that, that what is felt can't actually affect the body, that's that's just not reality. There are people who are shut down, physically cannot move. The anxiety becomes so bad because of things they have seen, things they have experienced. That which is done to you, whether or not it was your fault, it, it changes you. That which you have lived through really does have bearing on your, your flesh and your soul. Yeah, it, it, it must, especially when we're talking about the the PTSD of, of war with, with people coming back from, from war and what they've seen. They've seen bloodshed and they've seen death. And perhaps they, they weren't even the ones who 
committed to these things, or maybe they are. And and within war, uh, without getting down, you know, some crazy road of, of trying to talk about just war theory or any of that boring stuff. But uh, with with the understanding that they did nothing wrong, what they what they actually did was 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 good and legal and and and, and all of that. But they still come back uh, with this shame heaped upon them. Uh, they may not be able to to speak about it correctly. They may not even be able to. Uh, to know exactly what it is, but there's this shame that that is affecting them, and their bodies and their entire beings, and it's real. And to pretend that that's not there, uh, to pretend that 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 doesn't affect everything about them and their daily life, uh, that's it's yeah. Dumb. You can inherit real corruption. I mean, you see it in 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 sexual assault you see it in in rape and in these kind of unspeakable sins that which was done to you that that's yours to carry now and it has a real corruption that actually does get cleansed in baptism but to simply pretend no nothing's wrong it was just a past event and i might have feelings about it no christ actually came in here to bear that and and what do we want to do with that uh, initially uh when somebody comes with the ptsd of war or when somebody comes uh, with uh, sexual assault or or whatever the case may be where somebody else's sin or just the fact of a, a fallen world sin has heaped something upon me uh, when somebody talks to me and, and brings that to me the way that I want to comfort them isn't Jesus it's it's not your fault right and they know Don't that worry, but that doesn't fix it like that's fixed it nothing doesn't. for anybody ever no, it, the fact that it's not my fault doesn't take away the shame that somebody has, has heaped upon The me. corruption that comes from it. And, and I've got to deal with that. Right. Yes, and I've got to deal with that. And, and just trying to trick my mind into saying, oh, don't worry, that's not a real corruption. Try harder. Uh, yeah, it is. Try harder. Get over it. Here are the five steps. No. And you, you will no longer feel shame. Instead, we actually go where our Lord goes with this, and that's to the font. We go to the waters Should. of baptism. We, we were trained to, and this is why. We have this inclination in us that we if we somehow convince ourselves it's not our fault, the problem will just go away. But no, our Lord says whether or not this is your fault, you have an identity that is not steeped in what you have inherited. Not what you have inherited from Adam and his fall. Not what you have inherited when somebody else sinned against you. You are given what I am. Holy, pure, righteous, worthy of love, washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. The identity at its core, if you're willing to call it corrupt, you can call it cleansed. But if you're only willing to say you need to try harder or you need to have a better perspective, you'll never actually find a God who's willing to fix it because, well, what's broken that, that needs fixed? And this even turns then into something to start to brag about. Like if you have all these evil thoughts in your heart, but you're not acting on them, well, all of a sudden, like, I guess, hey, great job. Do that with conflict in your family. Do that. Like maybe I just thought my parents were idiots all day long. I just had hateful comments queued up, but I never actually spoke them. And so I guess it's fine because I didn't say it, even though Every single time these thoughts run through my head, I think less of the people that God has given me to take care of me. I think less of God himself for giving me these people to take care of me. And at the end of the day, I can hardly call the family a family because I have so committed to, to the thought in my heart that these people are sinners and wrong and I should have nothing to do with them. When in reality, the the thoughts, the lust, the, the sins of, of inside of you 
very much have a bearing on what comes out of you, but also who you are. Well, and that's that's the crazy thing when it when it comes down to our misunderstanding on that one side of the no Jesus coin, where I I, I will get myself to heaven. Uh, inevitably, again, if if I'm if I'm honest with myself, I'm gonna get to the place where. Uh, that rich young lawyer goes up to Jesus and, and says, uh, what must I do to, to get to, to heaven? And right. Jesus says, well, you know the law. Hmm. Do it. Uh, and the guy says, yeah, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, yeah, you got it. Do that and you'll live. And you get to that point where you see it all in front of you and you say, ah, that's a lot. But let me try and and justify myself, just like that rich young lawyer, right? Attempting to justify himself. He says, who's my neighbor? Well, uh, attempting to justify myself, I'll say, yeah, I, I didn't actually cuss my mom out. It was just in my head, but I didn't say the word. So what's the big deal? Yeah, if you want to know why people think Christianity is, is a fraud, if you want to know why there's a culture inside of some brands of Christianity that is just full of shame and pretending outward otherwise, this is why. If you ignore the inward decay and corruption that needs help in Jesus, all you have is polishing a whitewashed tomb and pretending that things are fine. And that leaves Jesus at best being the world's worst life coach. Like, I mean, look at how he treats this rich young man. Tell me this guy really knew exactly what to do right here. If Jesus is just our life coach, if Jesus is just the guy who tells us how to get from where we are to where we want to be, show me where the Pharisees actually come away uplifted, ready to improve their life. Show me how the rich man told us sell everything that he had knew exactly how to take the next step and embedded himself. We know the law. The problem is we can't for the life of us live by it. Yeah. Or, or the, the rich lawyer, right, mm-hmm. Who's, who wants to justify himself. And, and then Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. Again, with this, with this understanding of original sin, or this misunderstanding of original sin, uh, we inherently, first and foremost, and I want to say only then, will hear that parable of the Good Samaritan is something that I must do. And the crazy thing is, Jesus is basically saying, be the Good Samaritan all the time, 24-7, 365, to every single person you meet, no exceptions. Yeah, no. And all of a sudden, I'm the one beaten in the road, and I need somebody to come and help me. It's almost like I need a God who would, I don't know, come and bind my wounds and pour on oil and wine, who would come and lay me on his own beast of burden Wait and pay for my end. It's almost like Jesus saying, is the good no, Samaritan. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's, that's going a little bit too far. I have to be the good Samaritan so that I can get myself from Jerusalem to Jericho. Without dying. Without dying. And I'll, and I'll, yeah, here's and the I'll thing, though. It. Pastor Lito, you're still going to die. Yeah. The joy of the gospel is that Christ would have you die united to him in baptism, so that you would also be raised with him. See, this is why the, new, the no Jesus coin is the worst coin ever. If you do this thing all on your own, you're still going to die. The worst that you can be is, is dead, but pretending that's great. The worst. But but inside of all of it, you actually have the Jesus coin, the real, uh, the gospel coin. I don't, this is a terrible analogy. No, let's run with it. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's run with dig it. this so deep that it would just yeah. bury it. Uh, in the tomb right where you belong, in the waters of baptism. Yeah. But there, again, 
we can acknowledge the corruption of our sin and, and say things aren't the way they're supposed to be right now because we can look to Jesus who bears with us through that sin, who carries that sin to the cross, dies, rises, and says, you are not known by your corruption. You are not known by your sin. You are known by that which I have assumed and redeemed and restored. You are holy and worthy of love. And you can know it. You're baptized. You, you receive it right there. Yeah, you have to. You have to, and 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 we as the church uh, have to condemn uh, otherwise. Right. It, it, it does. It does no good pretending uh, that that isn't a real thing. We have to. We have to condemn, and we have to say no. Uh, this works righteousness stuff is bogus. It, it's gonna end. It, the the best that you'll end up is a self righteous Pharisee, where half the world thinks Christianity is anyways. Um, that's the best that you'll end up. And like you said, Pastor Goodman, you'll still end up dead. Uh, the worst that you'll end up is, uh, goodness, is, is you're going to be, uh, what? Uh, the, the woman? Yeah, despair. Despair because you finally do realize that I can't do X, Y, and Z. And the problem is it's because I haven't tried hard enough or I haven't had enough faith or whatever. But it all comes back to me and I can't do it. And, and then that is despair. Right. And Talk of sin is actually to give you the language so that you can confront that despair and then find help. It's so you can say, these are the things that aren't working. I need help here. And there, Jesus answers. Again, it's, it's Jesus. That good, that good Samaritan guy. <laughs> Jesus talking about himself amazingly. All right, so that's one side of the no Jesus coin. What's the other side of the no Jesus coin? Well, we kind of got there, but but on a different path, right? We, we got to despair uh, mm. with that first yeah. path. Uh, but this one, we I think we start with despair, although I don't think we'll ever use the word despair. Uh, the <laughs> other side of the coin is that uh, everything in this world is just completely and utterly uh, pointless and corrupt. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if I said this earlier, but uh, it's uh, at best it's neutral. It doesn't matter. At worst, it's evil. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, if at best everything here is neutral, and I mean everything in creation, including me, right, the, this flesh of me, uh, everything that is material, everything that I can touch and taste and see and blah, 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 all that sort of stuff, right? If all of that is at best neutral and at worst evil, then it's pointless. Everything about this is is pointless. If God doesn't care about my flesh, about anything material, then why should I? Right, and who's running the show down here then? Well, again, at best it's nobody— or at worst, it's it's Satan. It's the it's the opposite of God. It's it's almost as if, and we don't have to go down this road, but it's almost as if good and evil are. It's a fifty fifty. Who knows who's going to end up winning? I want to go down that road because that I seems to be the I approach. No, I really do. Because when we talk about good versus evil in this world, so much in us wants to say, look around and see how awful it is. This is this this might just be a fair fight and I'm not sure how it ends. And again, you've fully embraced the no Jesus coin if you're not sure how this ends. If you if you honestly don't know what's going to happen come judgment day, it's because you have no risen savior. If 
when we look around this world, it is a 50-50 split, a yin and a yang of, of good versus evil, then what you have is, is the forces of good squaring off against the forces of evil in a war that hasn't already been won on Calvary. What you have is a god who is at best sort of in control of his creation or needs your help to control his creation because the forces of evil are... Well, that's assuming that, that that's assuming you're using the word creation correctly. Because is it is it his? If if part of this is evil, is it just a byproduct of good and evil clashing? Is it is creation evil in and of itself from Satan? I mean, right. So go to the God then who created, also Satan, because Satan has a Lord too. On the last day, his knee will bow, and we sort of give Satan too much credit. We we treat him like he's in God's wheelhouse. We we treat him like he's even a peer when he's a he's a speck. So are we. That's fine. He's a bigger speck than us. But God is the creator of the devil. He didn't create him evil, but he created the angel that fell. If God wanted him gone, he simply says three words. It is finished. And all of a sudden, yes. he, he's uh, gone. I agree with everything you said. Uh, but I, I, that the bigger speck thing, um, and, and this, is, this has mm. to do with this, this dualism of evil being just as good as as, uh, as or just as powerful as good or whatever the case may be is we do think that that Satan is is a bigger deal or a bigger speck um, as if again he's above creation no he's part of creation and we talked about this last week um, what's the pinnacle of creation not Satan no it's mankind what is the only thing in all of creation including the angels that had the image of God. Man. Yes. Yes. But when we have this misunderstanding of the image of God, when we have this misunderstanding of uh, the, the uh, um, complete and utter despair that uh, mm. original sin will take us to, then you're right. Mankind's no longer the epitome. It's no longer the the image of uh, this flesh, uh, the flesh and blood that we're part of, is pointless. And what does that say to to Jesus and his uh, incarnation, his taking on the flesh, him coming down to this world? If if the flesh doesn't matter, if my flesh doesn't matter, if my flesh is irredeemable, uh, then explain to me why Jesus took on flesh. Okay. So that Jesus took on our flesh, it shows that it matters. It shows then that, that the frustrations and the pains and the, the sufferings that we have matter to him so much that he was willing to carry them himself. That means that when we struggle with the failure, the, the self-esteem, which is a demonic lie, by the way, because our esteem isn't in ourself but in our Christ, that, that in all of it we would have an answer. Yeah, and so the again, the extreme of this side— uh, of of the no Jesus coin is terrible. Terrible coin. Uh, is that uh, we don't care about our flesh, uh, that we slough it off completely, uh, that everything worldly mm. is inherently evil, uh, and that all I'm doing is trying to ascend to uh, the spiritual, to the mystical, right? And you'll see this in... Uh, in new agey sort of religions and, and uh, what goes around comes around karma the universe is going to get you blah 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 uh, or the eastern religions of hinduism and buddhism this this whole there's a there's a higher essence of of whatever and and this this flesh doesn't matter and even if it 
isn't a, a spiritual realm that you're trying to escape. To. I mean, you see this with suicide. Like the people who just want out of this world so bad that yeah. all they can think about is that nothing here matters long enough for me to be here. I want out. I don't care what it's to. It doesn't matter what you're going towards. It matters what you're getting away from. And in all of it, you have a God who put himself in this world so you don't have to run from it. You have a God who didn't lend creation to satan or, or have it wrested from him you have a god who has conquered creation conquered the devil in those three little words it is finished your sin is forgiven so that when you deal with the corruption of your flesh you can say there are things wrong some of it's my fault some of it was done to me but all of it was borne by christ on that cross and in the waters of baptism he has given me a new identity that is not steeped in what's wrong but clothed in what's right what is good and pure and holy and that pierces all the way through to who we are so much so that daily I can take everything that's wrong that would make me want to slough off this world daily I can take everything wrong of I've tried my best and it's not enough I can take it all into that font drown it there and say Lord what would you call me today and he doesn't call me a failure for not trying hard enough and he doesn't call me lost and I just need to hurry up and escape he calls me holy he calls me his child and he promises to take care of me even in this world. When we make Christ gone from this world um, in, in an attempt to make this world more palatable or, or even controllable by us or something else, we have no hope. When we make our sins small, we make Christ small. The, the no Jesus coin is just the worst coin ever. Yeah, and, and when, when we take Jesus away from this world as if it doesn't matter, uh, then, then we take him away from redeeming me, all of me. And the problem with, with this one side of the coin's extreme is, again, nobody can ever get there. Nobody can ever actually get to the point that uh, they, they really don't care about their flesh. They really don't care about their body, that they're just waiting to slough it off. Uh, we may act that way, right? Um, we can go to suicide then. Well, we can go to suicide, right? We or we can go to uh, drug addiction or alcohol yeah. addiction, or we can go to uh, we can go to that that poor that poor teenage girl who's got that reputation around school, or the 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 guy who's got the reputation around school, and somehow it's a different reputation, although they're doing the same exact thing. But really, all of them. Uh, have come to this place where, and, and we've all been there to one extreme or another, where we think that our whole entire being, who we are, is pointless. It's worthless. Mm -hmm. and, and then we don't have a Jesus because we say, well, goodness, just look at me. I, I'm worthless. I'm pointless. It doesn't matter. Um, what yeah. I do with my body uh, it doesn't matter. It's not going to be redeemed anyways. At best, at best, I'll have this spiritual, mystical redemption. At best, that's what Jesus came and, and did for me. But this, this earthly stuff, this shame that I deal with uh, constantly, it, it's, it's got nothing to conquer it. I'm just going to have to live with this shame because the, the world is corrupt. So what I've done to myself or what other people have done to me, with, without the proper understanding of original sin, which then brings the proper understanding of who Jesus is, there's nothing to be done with that shame. It's either A, uh, 
slough off the shame as if it doesn't matter or B, live with it until you die in its fullness. So what you're saying, Pastor, and it's it's wonderfully, terribly, awfully depressing, thank you, is that if you want to just look around this world and try and work your way up to God, you're never going to get there. The best you're going to want to find is... is to quit or to lie to yourself about some sort of vague spiritualism. But if instead you're willing to start in God's word, all of a sudden then you have God coming to us. You have a God who's willing to acknowledge the terrible things down here, but also willing to confront them, bear them, forgive them, conquer them. Well, he came here for a reason. Right. When, When all we want to do is look around this world and say, well, clearly it's evil, you're never going to get from there to the good. But if you start with God's promise... It, it all of a sudden gives you an answer to everything that is so disheartening in this world. And, and that is the gospel. That is Jesus who came into the fallen creation, who bore the corruption of sin to restore to, to humanity a, a nature that is more than fatalism, triharderism, or escapism, all the awful things that the no Jesus coin would, would try and buy. And all of it, we don't start with the world and try and work our way to God to understand sin. We start with God's word and work our way to what is actually happening down happening down here in an objective truth, a right and a wrong, we can see, yes, we are sinful and corrupt. The, the crazy thing uh, and the, the crazy problem with uh, understanding original sin uh, is that uh, apart from God's word, we're attempting to understand and, and make sense of our corrupted flesh by using our corrupted flesh yeah Yeah. that's gonna go bad yeah uh, that's exactly what it's good it's gonna go bad that's the the best way that we could put it right (laughs) Uh, so again if we're using our our reason um then yes the best that reason can do is the two extremes that we've just talked about that's the best that 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 reason can do it's a don't worry i can i can fix this or b don't worry, it doesn't need to be fixed, whatever. Well, Give us the truth then. Well, the, the, the truth has to be uh, that, A, I don't go to my own corrupted sinful flesh to figure out what's wrong with my sinful flesh or how to fix my sinful flesh. Because I'll only go to logic. I'll only mm-hmm. go to reason. I'll, I'll only go to, to, to that which is... Uh, seemingly self-evident which isn't in any way shape or form uh if if you want to i don't know if if this is controversial you can only at best go to the law right because that's what that first thing is it's it's do the law fulfill the law and then you can achieve what it is you desire yeah exactly that's the best that we can get to and the problem is we all know where that'll lead us because We've already talked about it today. It, it leads us to nothing. It leads us to despair. Mm. So we have to go outside of ourselves to figure out, A, what's wrong with us, how it is wrong with us, and what needs to be done. And by who it needs to be done, and, or who it needs who. to be done and, by. And again, I'm not trying to just make it oversimplified, but... It isn't. It's it's Jesus. It may sound Sunday school answer, but it's Jesus and it's everything. He, 
Yeah, it's it's everything he did. It's everything he accomplished. It's the fact and the reason he took on our flesh because our flesh matters. He took on our flesh because it's the pinnacle of creation and it was made in his image. And in our baptism, we we are restored of that image. And in fullness at the, the resurrection of the dead, we will have the very image that Adam and Eve had before the fall. That means something. It was in the flesh that God created Adam and Eve and in the flesh that they had the full image and knowledge of God. And in the flesh well, that Christ redeemed us. Exactly. And, and that means that my flesh does matter. But that also means that, yes, it's Christ in the flesh who does this, who does the redeeming. Why? Because my sinful flesh is so utterly corrupted that I can't do it by myself. But it does need to be redeemed. I can't just pretend otherwise, and I can't believe otherwise. It is going to be redeemed. It must be redeemed. And I can't be the one to do it. So... Yeah, that, that's the two sides of the no Jesus coin. Uh, we, we do not advise this coin. This is a bad coin. Stay away from except, this coin. Except but... this coin's in all of our pockets. We spend it every day. <sighs> <laughs> stay away from this coin, but, but stay with us. We are the uncultured saints. I am Pastor Goodman. This is Pastor Litzow. Tune in next week slash whenever you have time to download us. If you get a chance, review us, especially in iTunes. Five stars is fantastic. If you get a chance, share this with somebody who, who might benefit from it, um, or at least... Or somebody who won't. <laughs> <laughs> ah, thank you for listening. Keep doing that thing. Uh, we are the Uncultured Saints Podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.